Do you like feeling good? Well, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Positive Thinking, the podcast created to uplift and encourage you while giving practical tools to keep Christ at the center of your life. Like a painter dips his paintbrush in vibrant colors to color a painting, you can come here to be reminded that you are redeemed, filling your world with a kaleidoscope of biblical principles. Here to bless you, welcome your host, an author, retired naval officer, CEO, and Christ follower, Mrs. Colorful Day herself, Jasmine Baker. Hey there, you podcasters. I wanted to pop on today just to be a blessing to you guys. Have I got a word for you? I actually received this word um, yesterday and during my normal Saturday uh, prayer sessions, because we do have a Saturday prayer session where we bring in a lot of different uh, people on Zoom and we just kind of pray through. It's a biweekly session that we do. And during that session, I began to release this particular word. The Lord had woke me up the day before yesterday in the middle of the night twice concerning the book of Joshua. And he took me to Joshua 5 verses 9, I believe. But we are going to go through Joshua 5 and we're going to work our way all the way down from verses 1 to verses 9. And then I think once we get through that, you will understand exactly what the Lord is trying to do in your life with respects to my title on today, and that is Consecration Precedes Conquest. Consecration Precedes Conquest. And as we dive into this, this title will become more relevant. It will begin to open up just like a flower or or a rose blossoms, and and then it opens up. You'll begin to understand exactly what I'm talking about. I'm in the book of Joshua, chapter 5. We'll be going from verses one through nine. And again, my topic on today is consecration precedes conquest. Consecration precedes conquest. Now, when we talk about the word consecration, oftentimes it can, it's a, it's a big word. Come on, let's just be honest. It's a big word. And whenever you have a a big word, you're kind of like, and this is not for everybody. You know, some people are like, you know, I got it. They're just highly, highly super um, intelligent and they just get it. But then there's some people that like myself, that sometimes you see a big word and a big word can oftentimes be intimidating and you have to stop for a minute and begin to research the word so you can have a better understanding of what it is that God is trying to get to you, you know, by way of revelation. And that's kind of when we think of the word consecration, oftentimes the word seems um, just like, oh my gosh, what does, what does all that mean? What does all that entail? But I'm here to tell you that consecration is, is actually rather simple. It, when we, say consecration or we say consecrate it's just a complete dedication of a person or an object to a thing so of course with us we want to um, consecrate and take this time out to dedicate ourselves to god because the definition is a complete dedication of a person or an object to a thing that for us as believers we take a time out to make sure that we are dedicating ourselves unto Christ we do that by way of worship we do that by way of making sure that we don't engage in our old habits things that would so easily trip us up 
And that's how we remain consecrated. And the thing about consecration, it's a it's a routine thing because the goal is to live a consecrated life, a life that's set apart, a life that when someone looks at you, that they know that, you know, what well, you're different, that, you know, what this person, uh, we don't, we probably shouldn't ask them to do that because they don't, you know, that's not their cup of tea. That is like consecration in a nutshell. But what is happening in these scriptures from verses one, uh, chapter one, verse, I mean, chapter five, verses one through nine is we have Joshua. And what is happening in these scriptures is Joshua has just crossed the Jordan. So let me give you a little bit of backdrop. So we, for those of you who don't know who Joshua is, Joshua is who, who followed Moses. So basically uh, Moses goes off the scene and then Joshua shows up on the scene and he begins finishing the mission that was given to Moses to take the children to the what? To the promised land. So Joshua is now taking the place of Moses because Moses is off the scene. He's passed away and he's proceeding on with the mission to take the children of Israel into the promised land. And at this point in the story, the children of Israel have just crossed the Jordan in the chapter before chapter five. So at the end of chapter um, four, they have crossed the Jordan River. And the thing about crossing the Jordan River is very similar to what happened when they crossed um, the Red Sea. The Lord parts the river so the children of Israel can go through the Jordan River. Now, the interesting thing about this is when they go through the Jordan River, that's where chapter five picks up. That's where we pick up in the story on today when we begin to teach. After they make it through the Jordan River, then they show up in chapter five and I'll start writing with the scriptures. It says when all of the Amorite kings west of the Jordan, so they've crossed the Jordan River. These are the kings that were west of the Jordan River and are the Canaanite kings who lived along the Mediterranean coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan River so the people of Israel could cross. They lost heart and were paralyzed with fear. So you got to get this. The children of Israel have just come through the Jordan River. The people and the kings that are on the west side of the Jordan, they've heard about this. You know how it is when something big happens. People are spectating. People are around. People are hearing it. We got what's called the rumor mill. They see the the children of Israel cross over and everyone is hearing down the, the, the river, uh, down the, I could imagine down the river, all the way up the river, down the river. People are talking about what they saw, that they saw the children of Israel walking through the river and they weren't washed away or whatever. So I'm sure that this created some type of, um, just feeling some kind of way about them. You know, like, wait a minute, who do they think they are coming through the Jordan River? But not only that, it's not even just the feeling of thinking, who do you think you are? But I believe that they became paralyzed. And the, the scriptures say that when I they became paralyzed, the, the king and the people who were listening to this rumor mirror of what uh, people had seen, I'm sure there were some eyewitnesses who saw them walk through the river. They are now feeling fear. Like, man, God is really with them. Like they just came through the river. Their God is strong. Their God is really with them. So it instills a feeling of being paralyzed to uh, the king and his people. And it also instills a spirit of fear, a spirit of fear, you know, that the children of Israel have now come over here. You know, what are they, what are they about to do? They brought their God with them. What are they about to do? So now I'm at, I'm still at verses 
5, chapter 5, verse 1. Let me go ahead and read it one more time. When all the Amorite kings, west of the Jordan, and, and all the Canaanite kings who lived on the Mediterranean coast along, uh, well, along the Mediterranean coast, heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan River so the people of Israel could cross. They lost heart and were paralyzed with fear. I'm at verse 2. At that time, the Lord told Joshua, use knives of flint to make the Israelites circumcised people again. So this is basically the Lord telling Joshua, you know, get knives. I want you to circumcise the people a second time. And I'll begin to explain that in a little bit. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the entire male population of Israel in Gilbeth. Joshua had to circumcise them because all of the men who were old enough to bear arms when they left Egypt had died in the wilderness. So what has happened is the Lord is saying circumcise the people again. And, and this is very, very important because the question then becomes, well, wait a minute, if they were circumcised once, why are they being circumcised again? And that's what segues me into what I'm going to teach today, that consecration precedes the conquest. So what is happening is the Lord is setting this new generation apart because when the original generation went into the wilderness, which would be this generation that's being called to circumcise their fathers. When the original generation went into the wilderness, they were there for 40 years. That's what we talk about them being in the desert for 40 years or in the wilderness wandering. That generation died off. Now, the reason that they didn't come out of the wilderness is because the Lord told them that they weren't going to come out of the wilderness because they were disobedient. And if you go down to uh, verses six, it says, and I'm still in chapter five, I'm just going to be in chapter five. So, I'm down at verse six. It says the Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years until all the men who were old enough to bear arms when they left Egypt had died. So that's that first generation for they had disobeyed the Lord and the Lord vowed. Come on now. They disobeyed God and God said, OK, I promise that you ain't never coming out of this thing, at least this particular generation, because you have been disobedient. And then it says the Lord vowed he would not let them enter the land that had been sworn to us flowing with milk and honey. So Joshua circumcised the sons who had not been circumcised on the way to the promised land. Those who had grown up to take their father's places after all the males had been circumcised, they rested in the camp until they were healed. Okay, now this is important. And I'm at verses nine. This is our anchor scripture. Then the Lord said to Joshua, today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. So that place has been called Gilgal. Then the Lord said to Joshua, today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. So that place has been called Gilgal. Now I want you to make sure when you get off this podcast that you set aside some time to read chapter five in Joshua, the book of Joshua, chapter five, read the whole chapter. I'm going to paraphrase some things, but I really want you to get in the habit of going back and reading that way that God can bless you, that God can impart, you know, even more inside of your spirit, but let's, let's keep going. So the book of Joshua it's interesting. And we're going to get back to the generation that died off in a minute and the circumcision. But I want to give you just some more information so that you kind of have a full picture of um, this thing that's going on in Joshua. Now, the book of Joshua is divided up. When you go from chapters one through five, that talks about the crossing of the river, talks about the crossing of the river of Jordan. Then chapter six through 12 talks about conquering the enemy. Then chapters 13 through 24 talks about 
claiming their inheritance. So this book is laid out very strategically. And I believe because it's laid out that way that where we're at right now, all the listeners under the sound of my voice, where we are at, me and you, we are at the point where the Lord has now allowed us to cross the river and he's getting ready to cut off some more things in our lives. So I'm here to give you the message on today and say, newsflash, the Lord is getting ready to remove some things that aren't useful to you on your journey to the promised land in this season. He's getting ready to cut it away. And you and I know that some of us are in this place where we're like, you know, well, he's already removed things from me. You know, that was a relationship I really wanted to be involved in. And, and you know, that relationship didn't work or, you know, uh, family and friends, you know, the, some relationships have broken off that I would have never thought would have did that. But I'm here to tell you on today, allow the Lord to cut things away. Allow them to cut things away. Look at the children of Israel, how they handle it. The Lord tells them, look, your your parents didn't go into the land of milk and honey because they were disobedient. And I'm basically, he's saying, I'm allowing you to go into the land of milk and honey, but we still need to cut some things away. Because what you got to understand is when they got inside of the, um, when they came out of the Red Sea, they were celebrating what was called Passover. When you hear us talk about Passover, that's the celebration of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. So they was to celebrate Passover during this time frame, but not just celebrating Passover. They were also um, required to, of course, serve God, serve God. So this Passover, this serving God in this circ, this act of circumcision was important. It was how they were set apart. It was how they consecrated themselves unto God. It's no different than for us today that there are certain thing that, things that God requires of us to do to keep ourselves set apart if we call ourselves Christians, if we call ourselves holy, if we call ourselves all these things. The Lord requires certain things of us to display um, to him in a tangible way and spiritually that we are in this thing 100%. And for the children of Israel, this ob observation of the Passover and this circumcision was important. So this first generation that was disobedient, there's been almost a 40 year time span. And this generation that we're getting ready to do the cutting away with that's going to enter the promised land, none of them have been circumcised. So 40 years, they've just not um, consecrated. 40 years, they have not observed Passover. This is 40 years of them just ignoring the things that God has required of them. And the Lord is saying, look, um, I now want to um, make good on the promise. You know, you, your parents didn't get the promise because they were disobedient because you were obedient in that generation of falling off. I want to, I want you guys to get your inheritance, but you have to go through this consecration because there's still some things on you that need to be cut off. And I think this, this is so important. And it's also a beautiful picture of the Lord when he's trying to take us higher, when he's trying to give us what's rightfully ours, um, i.e. our inheritance. He makes sure that he cut people and things away that would cause us to fall short, that will cause us to error, that would be a hindrance to where he's trying to take us. And I want you to think of this as if you are climbing up a hill and the Lord is saying, the objective of climbing this hill is getting to the summit. And 
you have a bunch of baggage that you're trying to go up this hill with. You got uh, luggage, you got old luggage. You're trying to help people carry their luggage. You got your food, you got backpacks, you got a hat on. Maybe you got three or four hats on. Like you got all this stuff trying to climb up a hill because the years and years of residue, the years and years of uh, doing things your way. Because you got to think they're not observing Passover, they're not observing circumcision. They have gotten to a place of complacency and doing things their way. And the Lord is saying, okay, wait a minute. I have a standard. I have an expectation for my people. You know, I get it. The other generation was rebellious. They didn't want to listen. But I know because you guys have a heart to follow after me that you will do what's required. And Joshua, I want you to get these knives of flint that the, he talks about in uh, chapter five and two, when he says, at that time, the Lord told Joshua, use knives of flint to make the Israelites circumcise people again. Get that again, which means they had straight away and he's trying to do something that they did before, but I need to do it again so that you know that the way that you are taking right now, that the stuff that you were carrying, you can't take it with you. And I think that that's a great thing. And now I'm at um, chapter five, verse seven. It says, so Joshua circumcised their sons who had not been circumcised on the way to the promised land. Those who had grown up to take their father's places. After all the males had been circumcised, they rested in the camp until they were healed. Now, this is what I need you to understand. Remember I said at the start of this chapter, the Canaanite kings and the people that was on the Mediterranean, the people that were um, the Amorite king who was on the west of the Jordan, when they came through the Jordan, those people heard about them. This is their enemy. When we talk about the Ammonites, the Canaanites, and all, and all these people, they are the enemies of the children of Israel. So they are aware that the children of Israel are encamped there. And the children of Israel is aware that these people don't too much care for them. It's their enemy. So you have to also put yourself in the mind frame of the children of Israel. When the Lord is saying, okay, circumcise them, this is putting them in a vulnerable place because every man who could fight and bear arms has to now be circumcised because they weren't circumcised before. I need you to get that. Every man who had not been circumcised who can bear arms is now being circumcised so that they can be consecrated and set apart for the works of God. Now, this is very interesting because the enemy is around them. So you got to think they are probably saying, I don't want to be circumcised right now because, you know, we're going to be hurt. We're going to need days to heal. And these people might attack us. So you got to think that they probably was having some contemplation in their spirit. Like maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I should, but Furthermore, they ended up being obedient, obedient to the word of God. And we all know that the word of God tells us that obedience is better than sacrifice. So they ended up being obedient, allowing Joshua to do the circumcision. And it's a beautiful thing because during this time, the, they would have had to depend on the Lord. I'm saying really depend on the Lord because they are now being vulnerable. They're being cut in a painful way. And they also have to rest and heal and they have to depend on God that he's going to protect them from their enemies. Now. I say all that to say this, that as the Lord removes people out of your life, as the Lord removes things from you, he's going to be removing jobs and shifting things around to put you in the job that he had called you for originally. He's going to be shifting some people out of school into the workplace, shifting some people into school and out of the workplace. He's going to be shifting some people into new businesses, shifting some people into writing new books, shifting some people into walking in their calling, shifting some people into ministry, shifting some people into uh, starting daycare, shifting some people into going in being principals and deans of school. He's getting ready to shift a lot of people in different places. And during that time frame, he is requiring a cutting off of the old man. 
Paul said it like this, that we ought to put away the old man. He also said that uh, when I was a child, I acted as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. See what is happening, the Lord is causing you to cut away a second time some more stuff. And I'm telling you as a prophet of the most high God to trust God, to trust God. I know you feel like, you know what? I don't know how much more this cutting I can take, but God is the master uh, vine dresser. He knows the right way to cut to get us to bear fruit. And some people just serve no purpose in our lives. It, and this is the thing I can attest to this. And you love them with every fiber of your being, but the Lord is saying they serve you no purpose for where I'm taking you. You have to allow the Lord to cut away. But the beautiful thing in this at verse eight, it says, after all the men have been circumcised. So this is the Lord speaking to you, daughter, speaking to you, son. And he's saying, after everything has been cut off, when you allow the Lord to cut off that dead weight, the Lord is saying, daughter, son, mother, father, grandfather, grandmother, auntie, uncle, brother, sister, after all these things have been cut off, they rested in the camp until they were healed. The Lord is saying, after he cuts this thing away from you, he's going to give you rest. He's going to put you in your green pasture by the still water that David talked about. He's going to give you rest and he's going to leave you in that green pasture in that place of peace as you heal. And, I, and look, I'm not just saying that the word of God says, is it says in verse eight, go to Joshua chapter five, verse eight. It says, after all the males have been circumcised, they rested in the camp until they were healed. After all the men were circumcised, they rested in the camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, today, I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. So the Lord is saying, when he cuts this stuff away, I'm rolling away all the debris, all the residue, all the shame, all the regret, all the hurt, all the pain, all the, the days of feeling let down. I'm rolling it away when I cut this off from you. Let me cut it off. I need you to go higher. The Lord is consecrating us. He's consecrating us. He's setting us apart. He's calling us to this place of prayer and intimacy in this season. And you've heard me say this over and over again in my podcast. I love you guys, but the Lord is definitely calling us to a deeper place of prayer with him. Time out for uh, weekends of just nothing but Netflix. We have to begin to allow God to speak to us and and don't make this thing over don't overanalyze it sometimes the lord just wants you to be in the quiet and the cool of the day just resting with him no chaos no trying to distract yourself with the latest movie with the latest video game going out with your girlfriends with your boyfriends with your boyfriend with your girlfriend he's saying look i want you to to take this time out by yourself, there's some secrets that I want to share with you that I don't want to share my secrets with all of your friends. I want you to be by yourself. Remember, I said the topic was consecration precedes conquest. So before they can have their promised land, because the whole goal is to get to the promised land, to, to make this conquest. He's saying consecration must come first in our lives. That separation must come first in our lives. That setting apart must come first in our lives. I believe that the Lord is doing a preparation because preparation has to be made 
in the heart before we can truly be victorious. Preparation has to be made in the heart before we can truly be victorious. Preparation, it has to be made in the heart before we can truly be victorious. And the Lord is cutting away those things that give us heart issues, heart challenges. Heart challenges are things that just bubble up when you really don't need them to. I can tell you like a heart condition, and, and, I, and I'm talking about when I say a heart condition, like a spiritual heart condition. Say for instance, you were in a marriage and now you got really hurt in that marriage and you know, you guys divorced and you're moving on with your life, but you never really healed from that marriage. You never really allowed God to cut away the things that was um, involved in that marriage. And now you move on to a new relationship and you find yourself with trust issues. You find yourself where you are penalizing this new partner for what your old partner did. That is what I'm talking about when I say heart issues. The Lord is saying he had to see if, if you had went through the process properly, you would have allowed the Lord to cut away those old things. He would have given you rest. He would have allowed you to heal. And that would have been his preparation for you to be able to have your heart in the right place to be able to give 100% to the next person without holding anything back and jeopardizing them for the old relationship. I hope somebody get that on today. I tried to make that as clear as possible. It's time out. It's time out for that. God is saying no. There's a consecration that must take place. It precedes the conquest. So again, I want you to remember that when we consecrate, that's a complete dedication of a person to God. We are completely dedicating ourselves to God. And when we dedicate ourselves to God, we don't get to pick or choose what we want God to uh, cut away or keep. He makes that decision because he knows the plans that he has for us. And it's not to hurt us or to harm us, but it's to give us a hope in the future. That's Jeremiah 29 and 11. The Lord is saying, I know the plans that I have for you, son and daughter. I know the plans and my plans don't include your best friend that you keep coming along with you that keeps causing you to go out to bars and drink or your best friend that keeps uh, setting you up on dates. And now you are fornicating constantly and your best friend who's encouraging you to go to the store and buy uh, different things that are going to cause you to err. He said, I want to cut that stuff away. He told Joshua to get knives of flint and cut at them a second time because he knew I got to cut away everything everything so that when you go into the promised land, you can be uh, victorious. You can be victorious in the, in the areas of fighting your enemies, but you can be victorious in your heart and you can be consecrated and set aside for me. Now I'm closing. Um, I love you guys. I really, really do. And I'm praying your strength in the Lord in this season. And I want you to remember that consecration precedes conquest. The Lord is rolling the shame away. That's what he's doing. When he's cutting away, he's rolling the shame away that you might operate at 100% in your new season. The Lord loves you. He cares about you. If you are um, on the channel for the first time, and this is the first time you've perused my podcast, I want to tell you that I appreciate you and I love you. You could have been anywhere else, but you decided to be on my podcast with me on positive thinking. So thank you for being a part of the positive thinking movement and community. For those that um, have not uh, written a review, I encourage you to go and write a review, rate and subscribe. Go and write a review, rate and subscribe. For those that did write a review, I did see reviews. I saw like five reviews pop in over the last two days. And I wanna tell you, thank you. Thank you. Consider that your seed sold to the kingdom. 
thank you and may God bless you exponentially, you know, for doing it. Um, I appreciate the words, the concerns, the encouragement, because it allows me to know that the ministry is actually blessing somebody. It blesses me and it also shows me what I could do better so that you might receive all that God wants for you to have in this season. And for those of you that have been on this on the station and you want to receive salvation, you want to follow God, you want to serve um, the king, I'm here to give you that invitation. All you have to do is say your name. And after you say your name, all you have to do is say that you want Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. And that you invite him into your heart. And that you believe that God sent his son, his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. He died for our sins. He paid the penalty for us that we might be saved. And he rose on the third day with all power in his hands. And you are saved. If you're not sure, put that on the replay. Listen to the end of that again. Repeat everything that I said. And you are saved, daughter, son, brother, sister. You know, you are saved. You are saved. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You are a believer. And now that you've become a believer. And if you've prayed that prayer, go over to my Instagram. It's Positive Thinking Podcast. Or go over to my YouTube channel and comment on one of the videos so that I might reach out to you and um, begin to tell you what your next steps is. When we um, begin to walk with God, we become a new creature. So we need to know the next step so that we can be successful in this, this this new life that God has given us. I love you guys. Again, go over to my Positive Thinking Podcast on Instagram. DM me. I'm more than happy to respond. You can reach me on my YouTube channel, Positive Thinking Podcast as well. Go over to my YouTube channel, like the video, write a comment. And I want to contact you if you pray this prayer that you might be able to receive your next steps. And for those of you who are listening to me that would like to receive my new book, um, I just released. It's called Understanding Prayer 101 with Positive Thinking. I would love to send you that book. All you have to do is email me your testimony and of what Positive Thinking um, Broadcast has did for you. And I will send you the book, include your um, address inside of the email. I will send you the book um, so that you might, it's an all-in-one workbook. And I'm telling you, it's going to really bless you in the area of prayer. And within the next month, I'll be releasing Discipleship 101, which will allow you to read about um, growing in your in your call, growing into um, just being a disciple. What does that mean? Discipleship 101 explains that. But first and foremost, I would love to get prayer one-on-one in your hands. So please email me at positive thinking podcast at gmail.com positive thinking podcast at gmail.com positive thinking podcast is all one word at gmail.com. Send me your testimonies. I love to read your testimonies online. I won't say your name, but I will read them out loud on the podcast channel to be a blessing to you. And I will allow it to be a way to minister to other people. Also, include your address so that I might send you the new book. And it's for free, so you don't have to worry about that. It's an all-in-one workbook, 60 pages for free, and it's going to bless you. And until next time, guys, I want you to be blessed and know that you are highly, highly favored. 
thank you for listening. We're so glad you joined us on today's episode of Positive Thinking with Mrs. Colorful Day herself, Jasmine Baker. We know you are blessed today, and we'd love to hear about it. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Positive Thinking Podcast. If you'd like to know more about Mrs. Colorful Day and our message at Positive Thinking, go to www.positivethinkingpodcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, you are blessed. Now go color your world.